1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, Amplified Classic. If I could have whoever's up there put that up. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1, Amplified Classic. And then we're going to Acts 1, 6, and 7, Amplified Classic. But first, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1. But as to the suitable times and the precise seasons. Everybody say seasons. Seasons and dates, brethren. You don't have any necessity for anything being written to you. So in other words, the times and the seasons, um, there's really no need to write about some particular things right now. Hold that in your mind. Acts chapter 1, Jesus has come back. Uh, He's talking to them. And in Acts chapter 1, verse number 6, you're going to see this. Acts 1, 6, Amplified Classes. So when they were assembled, they said, Lord, is this the time when the government is finally going to be right? So when they were assembled, they said, Lord, is this the time when you reestablish the king? Because things have gotten messed up and things are off kilter. And everybody knows if the government is off kilter, Jesus can't move. Yeah, I'm tired of being quiet on some things. It's eked out of me, but it's about to come out double barrel. Because I am tired of messing around. And I don't like to hang with people who are messing around. Lord, is this the time when you will establish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? And he said this. Verse 7. That was my big go. Verse 7. He said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with and know what time brings the things and events of time and their definite periods. Or fixed years and season, their critical niche in time, which the Father has appointed, fixed, fixed, and reserved by his own choice and authority and personal power. In other words, quit worrying about the natural kingdom and get busy doing what I told you to do, and that's a spiritual kingdom. I wish you'd quit messing around. I died, I rose from the dead. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, are you saying he don't care about the governments of the world? Oh, he cares, but not as much as you think he cares. It's momentary. It's temporal. Hallelujah. And he will fix it in his season, in his time. But it's not for you and I to obsess over. And anyone who tries that is a Christian to make you obsess over temporary things has not heard from the Lord or maybe not even read their Bible. He definitely cares more about souls and about the kingdom and about the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you leave here and say, Pastor Mark said, God don't care nothing about the United States of America and the government, then you're missing what I'm saying. It's not my obsession. I'm obsessed about Jesus and the Word of God. And if I'll do what he said, he will perfect everything that concerns me. And yes, he cares about all this stuff going on, and we don't want to lose our nation, and we have rights and privileges that I would prefer to keep. But I'm going to just believe God, do what he tells me to do. Amen. I'm going to, do, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. 
and you're going to believe God, and you're going to do what he tells you, tells you to do, not what somebody else tells you to do. You're going to do that, and then everything's going to be all right. But the first thing they did was, did you come to fix our government? And he said, that's not the one I'm concerned about right now. In other words, put your mind on things above, on eternal. we got a kingdom to build. And Pastor Rhonda did a masterful job today talking to us about why we do what we do. Amen. Because we're building a kingdom. Listen, we're not even building a church. We're, building a, we're, we're a part of a kingdom. I quit trying to build a church about 25 years ago. Yeah, it took me a minute. But I quit. Every once in a while, it tries to come back at you. Because you want it to be all about you and what you're doing. But it's about him and what he's doing. And I want to be a part of the kingdom. But this word, so he says it's not for you. In this case, he said it's not for you to know the seasons and don't get you all worked up about it. I said don't get all worked up about it. Everybody say I'm not worked up about it. Say this, I'm not going to let anyone work me up about it. (laughs) I'm just not. You're not going to stress me out about it. I'm not going to pray about it 24 hours a day. I'm not going to march around nothing. I'm not wearing no T-shirts about nothing. I got my own T-shirts. They're good ones. Wesley or Chad designed them. Hallelujah. Or the plain ones are just fine with a V-neck. I don't need to advertise anything about anybody on there. Listen Listen to me. Why is that? Because if the de- people say all the time, the devil's stupid. He's a lot of things, just stupid's not one of them. If he was able to deceive Adam and Eve, he can deceive us. In the middle of so much stuff going on in our circles, or in our nation, and in the nations of the world, what is the devil's main goal? He know he can't keep you out of heaven, but he know he can keep you busy so that you can't take anybody else with you. He can get you distracted thinking on other things, praying on other things. Using your faith on something that the Lord said... Um, he's got the, uh, this is not my message tonight. This was just the intro, intro, but I'm just telling you, are are y'all with me? Our focus is on what the Lord wants us to focus on. Everybody say, I'm focused. focused. Woo, glory to God. Well, let's look at it. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. I probably some of all night should have given you my notes. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Daniel 2, and do let's keep it in the Amplified class if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Hallelujah. Give me an AMPC. There you go. He changes the times and the seasons. Now, how many of you know the Old Testament is for us still today? I know we a lot of times say, well, that's Old Covenant. Well, the truth of the matter is um, there's a lot of prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled that you can find in the Old Testament. Just because it's old doesn't mean you throw it away. You know, I've been listening to someone who I adore. I'll just tell you who. Um, Brother Keith, man, he just, I was working out. I was like, ooh. I almost had to stop. I almost had to stop and go see love. Because he just really got on us all about the old covenant. Because this is what's happened with people. Well, the old covenant's passed, and so we don't need that anymore. And then, then, the, then they'll begin to say, well, First John's not for us anymore. And then they begin to say that part of Hebrews is not for us anymore. Where does it stop? It stops when everything goes and there's nothing certain. The word of God is the word of God. Ecclesiastes is just as much the word of God as Acts is. 
It doesn't all apply to you exactly in the same way, but if God said it, like this, I've said this before, I mean, are the Ten Commandments still good? Well, I don't have to keep them anymore. No, but if you walk in the Spirit and you'll walk in love, you'll keep every one of them. And remember, the Bible even said those who don't understand the law, when they get born again, they keep it by walking in the Spirit, and they'll find when they read it, they're like, oh, I did that. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. He, God, changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. If we put the heart of the king in the Lord's hand and we just have to trust and leave it there and not stress on it all the time. He gives wisdom to the wise. Everybody say, I'm wise. And knowledge to the understanding. Say, I have understanding. Oh, more knowledge is coming to you. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is the darkness, and the light dwells with him. Back verse 21, though, what did he say? He said he changes the times and the seasons. What do you know about seasons? Well, God likes seasons so much so um, that he made four of them in the natural to show us about shifting things. Now, here in Alabama, summer seems to last forever. But there are four seasons here. You know, there's summer. There's, um, you know, it goes into a very short fall, uh, a, a not bad winter, and then it seems like spring, maybe this year we've had a little better spring than we have in a while, because it usually seems like it was cold and now it's 90 degrees, but we have four seasons. Where I come from in Illinois, we have really four very distinct seasons. And so, you know, where it's hot in the summer, it's also 10, 15 below in the winter. Um, you know, the leaves are all different colors. When the spring flowers start coming up, we're like, hallelujah, no more snow. So we get excited. But I believe that God made natural demarcations to show you something about the Spirit. Because there's times and seasons for everything. Now, tonight I'm going somewhere. But I want you to see these things. Let's look at these scriptures. And so I want to show you something. And then we're just, you know, I don't know how long we're going to be here tonight. It may not be very long because uh, all you're going to get is what I got. So there you go. I'm not, I'm not here to impress you. Uh, I'm not here to, to make things go longer. But I do want you to get, everybody say, I'm going to get saturated. Come on, you're going to leave, tell your neighbor you're going to leave saturated. Woo, hallelujah. Saturated with what? Well, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's look at Psalms 1, verse 3. And we'll do these, the King James is okay. Psalms 1, 3. No disrespect to the King James. Psalms 1, 3. Hallelujah. And he shall be like a tree, that's you, planted by the rivers of water, that's a move of God, that brings forth his fruit. So make no mistake about it, it's talking about you, a human being. You're going to bring forth, forth fruit. What kind of fruit? All kinds of fruit. Not necessarily just talking about the fruit of the Spirit, all kinds of fruit. Uh, fruit in his season. In his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Well, that ought to make you happy. Come on. It's time for you to bring forth some fruit. Everybody say, I'm bringing fruit. It's my season. <laughs> your leaf is not going to wither. Come on. And, and whatever you're going to do, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, it's going to do what? It's going to prosper. Isaiah 50, verse 4. Isaiah 50, verse 4. 
The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season. So when there's a certain season, there's a certain word that comes with the season. So you should find yourself confessing the word of God with the season that God has proclaimed or the season that you know it is. There's all kinds of seasons. There's season of sowing. There's seasons of reaping. But there are seasons. What is a season? Well, I don't know that with God it's three months. A season could be years with the Lord. A season could also be a very short time with the Lord. But you and I should be so aware of the Spirit of God and what the Spirit of God is saying to the body of Christ and to you as an individual. You ought to know what season you're in. When you first start out in these things of God, you are in a season of much sowing. You are in a season of much learning. You are in a season where you should be just really giving yourself to God's word, to, to attending church, to just being around things. And then when you're in a season of reaping, you should be doing the same thing. You should be giving a lot of attention to the word of God. You should be speaking things. You should be in a place of gathering where God can talk to you. He has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word to, in season to him that is weary. He wakes me morning by morning. He wakes my ear to hear as the learned. So I'm telling you right now that because I know what season we're in, and I would just like to jump to the end of this, but I'm telling you because of what season we're in, God's talking. He always talks. I said he always talks. He always leads, doesn't he? He always guides. He's always talking. We're led by his spirit. But right now, right now, I believe God's talking to you about everything. Where you live, what you do, what you're supposed to do for him, your business, your career, your family, your future. I believe God is in a real talking mood. Remember, God's not silent. I need you to do the same thing I did for you this morning. I need some water. Hallelujah. God is not silent. Remember I found three places where he was silent? Two of them, he stayed quiet because he didn't want to hurt nobody. And that's the truth. And one was another reason. But God is not silent. I, I, people say stuff like that. Well, God's just not talking. That's just not true. A, if he didn't even speak to you or lead you, he, he has talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. I don't want to hit it. Talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. He's talked. And really, if he never spoke to us audibly or led us, we have enough to go on even without that. Aren't you glad he does talk? He does lead. He wakens you morning by morning. Say, Lord, tomorrow my ear is hearing. I'm listening. I'm listening. Psalms 145.15. Psalms 145.15. <laughs> Psalms 145.15. The eyes of all that wait upon thee, you give them their meat in due season. Due season. How you know the hand of God is open to satisfy every living thing? I'm looking to him. 
I'm waiting on him. I'm believing. And what's coming? What's coming? My meat, my provision, whether that's natural provision, finances, whether that's uh, answers to questions. He's given me my meat because it's due season. And so Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. And let us not be weary. What's the devil tried to do to you the last three or four years? Tried to wear you out. Especially mentally. Mentally. You know what? Everything you have that you get things that wear you out has an off switch on it. Off. People can quote their favorite radio dude, their favorite news dude, but they can't give me a scripture. I need, I'm going to start making people. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Give me two scriptures. I don't want to hear it. You don't care? I care more than you can ever imagine, but I just know the answer. And his, he's got a name. His name is Jesus. This is not his first rodeo. This is not his. He always was. He's watched men and women and empires come and go. He's watched kings come and go. He's watched presidents come and go. He's watched the thing, wars come and go. And yes, some of those things have been tragic, but we've got to keep our eyes on him because he wants to do something in this season. In your life. In my life. In our church. In, the, in North Alabama. In Alabama. In the United States. In North America. In South America. In Central America. Can't leave them out. Hallelujah. In Europe, in Africa, in Australia, even in Antarctica. If a penguin could get saved, I heard Brother Hagen, Brother Hagen said one time, if a penguin could get saved, a Rama graduate would get them born again. Don't be weary. Don't be weary. Don't be weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you're going to reap if you don't pass out. What's the devil trying to make you and I do? Pass out. What's he do? Because most of you are past the one thing. You know what I mean? You remember back when you were first born again? And one thing would have you all in a, some of you are up to 15 or 20 at a time. You know what I'm saying? The devil can do, but you just speak to those mountains and those mountain ranges. And they got to obey you. And they got to go. Amen? Amen? Everybody say, it's my due season. Because you're going to reap in due season. So this is what's on my heart tonight. You thought I was there, right? But that word seasons. So I was reading the prophecy again. And uh, I was reading it. And then Wednesday night I was led to read it again. And then as I read it, the word season came off. Because I'll just tell you, I, I'm, I'm always very honest and transparent with you. I don't have anything to hide. And so 
I guess the truth of the matter is, for years now, even though I didn't seek it, the Lord always gives me a word about the next year. I don't seek it. You know, some people seek and pray. And so I almost used to try hard not to get one. But then I got accustomed, I guess, because this year has thrown me off a little bit. Because I get accustomed to him giving us a word, and it's usually powerful. And we live it, and we work, we war, good warfare with it, and it really brings us direction. And this year, uh, December came when they usually come, and no word. January came. Even saturation was on January 1st. I thought that would be a prime time. Let's go, Lord. Let's go. What are we going to do this year? Nothing. And then in February, I thought we're a little late in, but, you know, it's still, you know, we got a lot of year left. And I said to him, Lord, why didn't you give us anything? He said, well, you haven't done the last one. Or I'm not, basically, though I perceived that, but he said, I'm not finished with the last one. And I took it almost really negative as we're not doing it. But it really wasn't just, it wasn't that. I believe we can always do better because that's just kind of who I am. You know, if we're at 99, I think we could get to 100. But I don't think it was as much that because we rejoiced. And we did some things. And I hope you did it at home. But he's like, we're not, you're not finished with it. 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 So it's Okay. And so um, then, so Wednesday night I read it, and when I read it, man, it just, I don't know if you were here Wednesday night, but it just popped up, just kind of, it just kind of popped up and kind of slapped me on both sides of the face, and it was a good slap, and I liked it. Don't you slap me, Uh, but, but, so I was like, Lord, what is it? And he's like, it it seemed like to me then, because he didn't say this is the reason, but when I read it again, I was like, I had an aha moment. I had a, oh, and the word is seasons. And so before I read that again, I want you to look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 26, Amplified Classic. Give me another AMPC. Ezekiel 34, keeping you busy up there. Who's ever up there? You're doing a great job. Ezekiel 34, 26. And I... I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. And I will cause the showers to come down in their season. I will cause the showers. Come on. Anybody sing the old hymn? Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. I don't know. I, I, I start a song. Pastor Rhonda always finishes it. She, and she'll be like, that's not how that goes. Um, <laughs> That's about all I know. I know the tagline. That's about it. How many know there's showers of blessings? There shall be showers of blessing of good ensured by God's favor. I will make and the places round about my hill. In other words, those who are born again around the holy hill, around those that come around the throne room. And I will cause, why? The showers to come down. What is a shower? Well, in, the whole, in Ezekiel and other places in the Word of God, showers represent an outpouring of the Spirit of God. River is a move of the Spirit of God. A well is a salvation. But waters are very important. There's a throne room. Hallelujah. And Jesus is the source of the river. And the Bible is saying that in this time where it's appointed of God, God is always good. God's always pouring himself out. 
But there are seasons, there are times when things happen. Because like Daniel of old, he saw that a prophecy was not yet filled, fulfilled, and he set himself to know. Well, let us set ourselves to know because we are in the last days and there's supposed to be a glorious church. There's supposed to be a church with the power of God on it. There's supposed to be some things happening. And they are in a great way all over the world. But I don't want to be left out and you don't want to be left out. I know you don't want to be left out because you're here on a Sunday night ready to get saturated. I will cause the showers to come down in their season. Everybody say in season. season. (laughs) All right. Deuteronomy 28.12. Amplified classic. Again, the Old Testament, word of God, good for us too. It applies to us in some ways as well. The Lord shall open to you his good treasury. The Lord shall open unto you his good treasury. In other words, there's a lot of good stuff up in heaven. Anointings, graces, his mercy, spiritual things that you and I need. He'll open up his good treasury in heaven. Come on, gifts, mantles things that are necessary for the last days. And he said those things are in his treasury in heaven. And what else is in his treasury in heaven? To give the rain of your land in its season. To give the rain. There's a season that comes called the harvest season where the rain has to come or the crop can't come in. And he's promising to give us the rain of your land in his season. So in Madison, Alabama, I proclaim to you, it is harvest time. It is raining, not just to bless you and I, but to bring in the crop. And to bless all the works of your hands besides all. Notice he wants to always bless the work of your hands. Everything you put your hand to is blessed. It's just that season. And you shall lend. Now he wants to talk about money again. I I don't think God likes money. It's not that he likes or loves it. He just knows it's a sign that his anointing is on people because he said you'll lend to many nations and you'll not borrow. Hallelujah. Everybody say my season. Zechariah 10.1. Zechariah 10.1. Z-E-C. Ask of the Lord rain. What? In the season of the latter rain. In the time. In this, this time is season. Ask the Lord rain. In the time of the latter rain. I'll I just be real honest with you. I know this is going out, but I don't care. Um, the Lord has been asking me to do something with ministers, oh, for maybe two, three years. And for whatever reason, I could give you a list of 10 or so. I just didn't do it. That really has kind of cost me a little bit. Um, Excuses are disobedience. So uh, I need you to pray for me. (laughs) Um, When JC and Kimberly got married, um, I did an impromptu, because we have all these ministers here. Because the Lord had been dealing with me for two or three years to have... uh, Acts 13 meetings and invite a bunch of ministers and pastors of the same mind and heart to come and pray together for a couple days. And one of the reasons I didn't do it is because my big brother in the faith, Mark Brzee, did that. And I didn't want anyone to think I was copying off of him. But I guess you can't copy off of someone that's in, that's in the Bible. <laughs> so it's nothing new. 
And so I just kind of drugged my feet, and then uh, we, we did that, and it was good. And then I kept still dragging my feet. And so I, I tried to do it in-house, and it's good, and I believe the Lord let me. So we do it with the staff, and then I've done it with the School of Ministry graduates. And um, just finally, you know, the Lord's like, I'm not going to let you off the hook. you got to obey. And what we're going to pray out is we're going to be praying about what they're individually called to do, what their church is called to do, what their ministry is called to do. And I'm not going to, you know, we're going to keep it very focused because everything you see here, Pastor Ron and I, we just simply prayed out and then obeyed. And then the other thing we're praying for that I know is really strong is uh, uh, this group of ministers, we're called to have a move of God. We're that kind of church where we just can't just get together just to get together. We need to see God. And so that's the kind of people that I'm drawing here. So I want you to believe God with me. But what we're going to be praying for uh, is one of the things we're going to be praying for is the latter rain. Because it's that time. And really we're behind a little bit. The Lord showed me about that, that uh, just like me and so many others, uh, and there's different degrees of it, it, they become like Demas. And they've been distracted by this present age. Demas was so distracted, he left Paul and the ministry he was called to and went, went back to enjoy this present age. Now, there's nothing wrong with you enjoying some things in life, but if the Lord requires you to do something different, then you're going to have to do something different. Amen? And, and so my point in bringing that up is, I don't know, what I, why did I bring that up? Um, I guess because I'm feeling it because it's this week and I need you all to pray. Believe with me that it will go just like the Lord wants. But, but I have to obey and I want you to know that whatever God's dealing with you about, you ought not be dragging your feet either. You know, sometimes we want to fix things in our lives. And so we go get a new car or a new hairdo. Or new color on their hair. Or new clothes. Or we pick up our family and we move somewhere else. We go get a different job. We want to change everything external when the problem is internal. Well, I just want to get a fresh start. Moving to a new place might be fine for two or three months, but then the the old you is going to come again. And you're going to have the same old problems in a different place. And a lot of times, without the foundation and without the family and the friends, you need to get through it. And then, you know, buy a new car. So you bought a new car, but you also have new payments. The new smell, unless you get an air, air freshener, the new smell will go away in about a month. It'll start smelling like french fries just like your other car. You know. Those bags you put in the back seat, or maybe that egg McMuffin that you left back there, you know, whatever. Thank God we live in Madison where there's a car cleaner on every, on every corner. We have got to be the cleanest city in the entire United States of America. How many more of those can they put up? Anyway, I digress. It's raining. What, you, we, what we need is to obey God. Because what he wants to do, there's a scripture in the Psalms, it's not in my notes. But the Bible talks about in the psalmist that God comes and rains on the mown grass. Now what is, I said, Lord, what does that mean? On the mown grass. You know how there's critters and stuff in the tall grass? When you mow the grass, which is your life, 
and then you receive the rain? I'm telling you, God's wanting to do something in our hour. That may not have made sense to some of you, but I'm just telling you, dealing with things on the internal, dealing, that's why I think he did depression, oppression. Come on, get that stuff out of your soul. Get, renew your mind. Let Jesus be the mender of your broken heart. And then it's time he's going to rain down from heaven. And I love this one. And, the Lord, and ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. It's the harvest rain. And it's the Lord who makes lightnings. There's lightning and thunder. He makes lightning, which ushers in the rain. And he gives men showers and grass to everyone in the field. The Lord cares about everything you're going through. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your children. He cares about your career. He cares about your job. He cares about your finances. He cares about your body. He cares about everything you're going through. But one of the greatest things you can do is let him rain on you. What is that? Just get immersed in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So. On December 12th, 2021, the Holy Ghost said, so as you enter into what you deem as next year, so this is 21, and 22 is already passed, be mindful to keep your eyes only on me. Look up. Everybody say, I'm looking up. Have a steadfast gaze. This is Colossians 3 and 1. Have a steadfast gaze on things that are above where you're seated and where you're seated in heavenly realm. Pay not as much attention. He didn't say bury your head in the sand. You don't have to bury. Hallelujah. Don't shut me off back there. Um, I'll still yell. Um, you don't have to bury your head in the sand. It's all right to know what's going on. He's not telling you just to, you know, be ignorant of things. That's not what he's saying. But he said, um, he said, have a sad fast gaze. The things are above, seated where I'm seated in heaven. Pay not as much attention to those things that are around you. So I'm not going to give my attention to them. It's different. Remember, Moses gave his attention to the burning bush, and then God spoke. Where is your attention? Where is your gaze? Is it on the Word, or is it on a news channel? Is it on the Word, or is it on gas prices? Is it on the Word? Where is it? And all that stuff is important to the Lord, but pay not much attention to those things that are around you, for they will what? Confound you. Where does, where does that happen? In your soul. What happens when you get confounded? You get confused. And when you get confused, you can't act. But if you look up, let's just do it. Ooh, those lights are bright. Look up. Where are we looking? We're looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But if you look up, if you'll understand the season. He said, and that's what's jumped off the page finally. He said, I told you it was a season, not a year. He said, it's a season, not a year. He said, what you deem next year, but then he said, it's a season. So we're in a season, not just a year. So he didn't have to tell us anything new because the season's still on. And I just went through all the word of God where there's different kinds of seasons. There's your due season. There's a season to sow. There's a season to reap. There, but there are seasons in your personal life. There are natural seasons, spring, summer, winter, fall. There, those are natural seasons that he shows us that there are seasons. Now, the word of God works in every season. 
But there are times and seasons when he'll emphasize the thing in your personal life, and they'll emphasize the thing, he'll emphasize the thing that he's doing in the body of Christ. So if you understand the season. So, Lord, help us understand the season. Help me understand the season. Well, what season are we in? Well, I know we're in the season of the last days. But he said if you'll understand the season, you'll do something. If you, when you get understanding of it, you'll naturally begin to do something. And he said that would be rejoice. He said, if you understand the season, you will greatly rejoice. If you understand what God is doing right now, obviously he said he's gonna, it, it'll make you rejoice. When you get understanding of where you're at in time, where you're at with what God is doing in you, in the church, and in the world, he said it would cause you to rejoice. So if I'm not rejoicing, I don't have an understanding of the season. I have I have improperly gauged my season. And so I'm not rejoicing like I ought to because if I knew what season it was, he said I would rejoice. For what I will do for you in this next season. Now, if you remember, I gave some of you don't, but I gave a tongue, and when I give a tongue for me, when I give a tongue, I usually interpret it word for word. I, I, I can't explain how I know that and I do that, but when I speak a word in tongue and then I, I interpret it, I usually do it word for word. And so I have to trust that every word came out on purpose because it didn't come from up here, it came from in here. And the way it usually is, is when I'm ministering these days, the Lord will interrupt me. What do you mean? I, I, I don't intend to do it. I don't know, even know these days that it's coming. A lot of times I'll just stop because it'll be like a tongue comes out. And then I, I have to like, oh, we're shifting gears here. And so he said, though, uh, for what I do in this next season, I think we're in this next season. How long is it going to last? I don't know. But you need to know about this next season. He said, in this next season, I will bring much joy. Everybody say joy, joy. Power, power, and overcoming. So what are you supposed to be experiencing in this season? Joy, power, and overcoming. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord, I rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end. Hallelujah. You, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. What? In the power of God. I come to you with not enticing words of men's wisdom, but I come with the demonstration and the power of God that your faith would not rest in men's wisdom, but it would rest in the power and the word of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joy. What did he say? I will bring much joy, power, and overcoming. Come on. Doesn't mean something's not coming. It just means you're going over it. You can't overcome something unless something came. Well, I just, I just believe if we just do everything just right, and if I don't mess with anybody, nobody will mess with me. You're living in a fantasy world. The devil is the god of this world, and he's always trying to cause you trouble. But don't you be worried about him. Jesus has defeated him. And you're seated far above him. And you have overcome. You have overcome. I have come over. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. This is, come on, I said it again. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. He always causes me to triumph. And always means always. And so I will always win. And when I'm done, I will win again. Come on, sometimes it doesn't look like it. 
You might even have a big old tear running down your eye. This is a victory. I don't care. Get a box of Kleenexes and cry through it, but confess what the Word of God says. Hallelujah. Woo! In this next season, I'm going to bring joy, power, and overcoming to the church, to Cornerstone, to us like never before. He said you'd need it. He said you'd need it. Well, if we just get everything fixed up all around us. Well, that just goes to tell me you're, we're living in the last days and everything may not get all fixed up all around us. But what you going to do? I was going through something a few years back. And um, it was dealing with some issue. And it was on a Saturday. And the Lord said uh, he was warning me about something that was about to happen. Something I couldn't change. Something that was going to hurt my heart. And uh, he was warning me about it. He said uh, to me, not I heard an audible voice, I just knowing, just kind of conversation on the inside. He said, what are you going to do on Sunday if this happens? And I said, have church. And he said, good answer. And then it happened, just like he said it was going to happen. It made me cry a little bit, but I wiped my tears and had church. Amen. This is the victory that overcomes the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. None of these things have moved me. You know you can't control everybody around you. You can just control you and your response. What's the Lord? This season, there's joy. Everybody say joy, joy. Power, power, and overcoming like never before. For my great, in my grace you will walk in, my grace you'll stand, and you will see my great and mighty hand. You will know that my arm is not shortened. Aren't you glad God's hand is not closed? I will protect my children and all will know. I like this one. The land of Goshen will have nothing on you. You'll see my power. You'll see my virtue. Now I've got this lined, underlined, highlighted. For it's time to rejoice. What season is it? What season is it? What season? It, you know, it reminds me of, uh, was it, is it Naaman the leper? His little girl that was waiting on him and stuff said there's a prophet, right? And so he brought the prophet some gifts, right? And uh, is it Shah or Jah? Shah. I think it's Shah. Elisha didn't even come out to talk to him. He said, you just go dip seven times in the river. Jordan, right? Right? And he's like, it's dirty. Were there not better rivers that I could have dipped in where I'm from? And this little girl, I mean, she just, this little girl, I like to meet her. Because she, she's a servant. And she ought not talk back to this man. But she said, because she cared about him. Even in her condition as a servant who was probably taken captive and serving him in another country, she said to him, if God were to ask you to do something hard, would you do it? If God were to ask you to fast for 40 days and 40 nights so that you could get your answer, oh, and you would feel good about that you fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Or if he were to ask you to pray in tongues three hours a day for 21 days, and then you'd get your answer. Because that's a little harder. 
But all he's asking you and I to do, I'd just like you to jump up and down a little bit. I'd just like you to shout a little bit. I'd like you to move your feet maybe every once in a while. I'd like you to put a smile on your face and quit acting like you've been sucking lemons and, and, and dill pickles and just smile. You paid a lot for those pearly whites. Come on, uh, smile a little bit and jump up and down and rejoice. And, 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 and you know, just come, even if you can't get a jump anymore, just, you know, like pop up on your front feet or something. And even if your shout is not that good, you think, I don't, I don't shout well. I've never been to the Pentecostal school of shout. <laughs> But you can lift up your voice. No, it's not just screaming. Ah! Every once in a while. Now, Ted's scream is anointed. He, he's got an anointed. Ah! He does. But for the most part, what do you got to do? You got to speak the word. So shout the word. Rejoice in the word. So if the Lord were to ask you to do some hard thing, would you do it? But you either believe this is from the Lord or you don't. And I know you believe because we've done it. But all he's doing tonight is just reminding you. You're in a season. And this season's not over. What's he trying to get you? Well, it's time to rejoice. It's time to be glad. Lay aside the mourning. Lay aside the sackcloth. That's what they used to do in the old covenant when they had a, a death and they mourned. They would be getting sackcloth. Aren't you glad you don't have to? You know, we put on nice clothes and mourn. But they put on sackcloth and then got some ashes out of the fire. And aren't you glad you don't have to do that anymore? Uh and he said, lay aside those things that would depress you and keep you down. For it's time to lift up a shout. It's time to lift up a praise. It's time to dance. It's time to be glad in my name. For I tell you, and I've told you, and I'm going to tell you again. Rejoice and be glad. Let the redeemed, let my redeemed say so, for it's time of a triumph. So what season is it? It's a time of triumph. Listen to me. Grab a hold of this, somebody. When something comes at you, you just need to cross your arms, spread your legs out a little bit, and go like this. I am not moving. None of these things move me. The Lord, and the Word always said this, but he said to me, it's my season of triumph. I'm winning. I always win. It, it's not over till I say it's over, and it's not over until I win. Come on, I win. I win. Why? Because he always causes me to triumph. I always triumph in Christ Jesus. It's time to dance. It's time to be glad. I told you again, um, let the redeemed say so, for it's time of triumph, time of victory. Have I not told you? So again, I tell you again. How many times have I got to tell you again, again? He said to us, do what? So lift up your voice. Lift up your praise. Come on. Rejoice. Rejoice evermore. There's no time to be sad. There's no time to be sad. So lift up your voice. Lift up. Don't you love it? Remember the Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 27? He's a, remember he told the centurion, we all going to die. And the ship's going to be destroyed. They didn't listen to him. You remember what happened? So the, the storm came. And so the first thing Paul did is he goes and gets in the middle of, come on. He goes into the ship, into the belly of it where they're all going to die. And what does he do? He just spends some time with the Lord. And the Lord came and appeared to him and told him what to do. And the very first thing he did as he walked up the stairs of the ship after being with the Lord, he's looking at all those 200 plus men 
And what does he say to him? Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Why? He had a word from the Lord. I got a word from the Lord. I got all these words from the Lord. But I also got this word from the Lord that is really full of this word of the Lord. If you did it and I did it, you can trace almost every, almost word for word back to Scripture. So I have a word from the Word. Just put together in a very nice way for you in this season. What is this season? Well, it's your due season. No, it's your due season. It really is your due season. It's the season for the favor of the Lord. I can hear it. It's the season for the favor of the Lord. And they're going to sing that song in just a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's your season. Everybody says it's my due season. What happens in due season? The rain falls. What happens in due season? Because, see, you can't make it come to pass. You can't make it come to pass. Your hard work, you, you can't, there's nothing you can do to make it come to pass. He has already made it come to pass. You're just receiving it. And there is a season right now. It's called his due season. And he's given you a word in due season that's going to refresh you and keep you refreshed. And the rain of heaven is coming down. The lightnings and the thunders of God are happening and his rain is coming down. And we're asking of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Because it is the time of the due season. It is the last days. And he will have his glorious church. I said he will have his glorious church, and I want to be a part of it. Amen? Do you want to be a part of it? Hallelujah. I don't know how this fits, but it is, it, I, I can't seem to, I wrote it in my notes. I'm like, well, that doesn't fit, but it's in my notes, and I can't get away from it. So 2 Corinthians, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Because it's, it's about seasons, but it goes a little different way. 2 Timothy 4, 2. Um, Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at the hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. Whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Whether it is welcome or unwelcome. You as a preacher. You say, well, this is for you, Pastor Mark. Yes, yeah, for me, but you all are preachers of righteousness yourselves. And ministers of reconciliation. You as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. Hallelujah. And convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and... Maybe this is just for me. And convince them, rebuking and correcting and warning and urging and encouraging them. Be un... Who uses that word? Maybe this is why I didn't think it fit because I didn't have it in the Amplified Classic. Being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. King James says, be instant. Rick Renner did an RIV version. Of course you want to hear that, don't you? Take a firm stand and resolve to stay at your post. Regardless of whether things are good or bad. That is your post, your place of responsibility. So dig in. Take a firm stand and resolve that you are going to be faithful. 
So in the good times and the bad times, there's all kinds of things going on for them. There's all things. But we're in a season of harvest. And whether it looks favorable or unfavorable out there, we know we have the word of God on it. Amen. It's your season. Everything you put your hand to will be blessed. It's raining. 